Welcome to Stories from the Center of the Universe, the podcast about the human experience. Amber Klingman, welcome to the uh, Center of the Universe. Thank you so much for having me today. All right, we should uh, mention how we connected. You and I both know Jennifer Stevens. I, I work with Jennifer. We've worked together two and a half years. Uh, and you've known her for how long? Um, Jennifer and I have known each other about mm, 23 years. We met 23 as, years. Yes, we met as freshmen in high school. Okay. So you've known her a lot, more than a minute. Yes, way more than a minute. Yes. Would you consider her one of your uh, best friends? Absolutely. She's absolutely my best friend and family. That's that's uh, awesome. I, I can tell you from what I know of Jennifer, and I, I don't know her as well as you do, but uh, she is a very, very good egg and somebody you want on your side. A hundred percent. I mean, we have been through pro- a lot together. Bad, good, indifferent. We have been through a lot of things together. So you are from New Orleans, uh, born and raised, right? Born and raised. Um, I left for a short period of time, about five years. Um, and lived in Rome, Georgia, which is right outside of Atlanta, probably from third grade to eighth grade. What is Rome, Georgia known for? Um, not much. <laughs> it's a very, very small town. I mean, um, I don't even know what they're known for. I mean, they had a clock. <laughs> you know, that's about it. You mean um, like a clock tower? Like a clock tower, you know, in the middle of Rome, Georgia. But, you know, it was a great little place to grow up. For a couple of years, um, very, you know, country, homegrown people. Um, but, and then we came home my freshman year of high school. So did, when you were in, do you remember being in third, fourth grade, thinking that you had moved to a different place and it definitely wasn't where you uh, spent your, your much oh, money? Absolutely. I mean, I was, of course, like any child, I was definitely afraid, you know, something new how was I going to handle this? Um, I mean, I overanalyzed everything and overanalyzed it back then in third grade. Um, but it worked out fine. You know, I mean, uh, of course, a third grader, you know, we we're resilient as much as we think we're not, but we are. Um, but it was definitely a challenge in the beginning. Did not want to leave. I didn't know any different. So. Yeah. Mom, mom or dad, I guess, moved for work. Um, yes. I had, it was my stepdad and um, we had, his parents, my grandparents in Rome, and he wanted to get us out of the city. And so we moved up there and he moved for work. He got transferred. Okay. When you say city, so before you moved to Rome, you were living in the city of New Orleans? No, we were in the outskirts again, Laplace, but you know, okay. um, which is probably about 20, 25 minutes, but he felt like here wasn't a place to raise a family. And he wanted to go closer to his parents and, you know, a more smaller community, less crime community than where we were. No, I, I get the urge to uh, want to go to a safer place and want, wanting to be uh, near another generation of your family that uh, cares about you. Right. Right. Correct. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, all right. So I, I was thinking to myself, my question was going to be you in New Orleans, but now that I know you're in Rome, Georgia, I'll still ask the question. When you were like nine, 10 years old, how did you spend your spare time? When mom and dad weren't telling you what to do and you weren't in school kind of thing, how did you spend your time? Um, I'd like to, um, I was a part of this thing called Rome Little Theater. 
Okay. I wanted to be an actress when I grew up. Even told my mother, oh, you will definitely see me on a commercial one day. If it's Depends, Dentures, I will definitely be on one. Um, clearly, that did not happen for me, but it's not over yet. Okay. But um, so I love to do like live theater. Um, that was a lot in my spare time, what I did um, at nine, 10 years old. You know, I, was, I did a lot of that. What was your favorite part? Um, I was in this. I was out in um, Rogers and Hammerstein's Cinderella <laughs> and okay. I was a trumpeteer, you know? And so this was my first part actually. And all I had to do was stand there and, you know, count to three and hold my trumpet. But it was just such a big thing, you know, I mean, cause it was an adult show and there weren't many children. And for me to have this role as this trumpeteer was like so amazing to me, <laughs> you know? Well, adult theater, it was your first uh, play. Yes, it was, it was great. I loved it. Enjoyed it. You got to miss school. Um, I mean, it was the best thing ever. Well, and now you're on a podcast. And now I'm on a podcast. Look at me. I'm moving you're, up in the world. Your trajectory, you're, you're going to be famous uh, here pretty soon. Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's good. So did you do, uh, were you acting through high school? Um, I did join, um, like we had a theater program, but... Uh, I got pregnant. <laughs> uh, we'll come back to that. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, that that'll uh, that'll change your lifestyle in a hurry. I, yes, I imagine it did. I, I know it did for me, but I, I was uh, in my early thirties, and, and I I'm not sure I was ready to have a child right. in my early thirties. I can't imagine being being a, a teenager. Right. Uh, so, anything else besides acting? I'm just hang dancing. I love to dance. Um, dancing outside of the front yard. You know, making dance videos, I guess you could say. Um, I was very active, very social, always have been very social, hanging out with friends, you know, riding bikes, the normal thing you do at nine and 10 years old. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. And you got to like be outside a lot too, I imagine. Yes. I mean, it was a small town. So there, like, again, there wasn't much crime, no really parents worried about. And of course this is probably like 1993, 94, 95, um, you know, it was very small town community could go outside, walk around the block by yourself, ride bikes, you know, definitely not what we can do now. Did you like school? I did. I was always very good at school. Um, had to make the good grades, could not miss school, did not like to had had to have perfect attendance. Um, a little bit of a perfectionist sometimes to fault if um, I did not, I'm very competitive. So like if I did not win, I was not, I was a very sore loser um, in about everything I did still did, to this day. <laughs> did that mean you wanted to be like the number one kid in your grade academically? N not so much academically, but like we would do like speeches. I mean, I would try my best, but I mean, I, you know, I wasn't the genius, so I would try, but I mean, I would make these, um, but like speeches, like we did, we did, we did this thing called the oratorical and um Oh, I had to win. I mean, I had to win, you know, and it was like an acting, like a speech and you had to memorize it. And I, I just, I had to win, you know, did you win? I won the first year, my last year, my eighth grade year. Um, my speech was so good that my teacher memorized it. So as I'm up at the podium saying my speech, she was mouthing it and she messed me up. Oh. And I, I won fourth place 
She was trying to help you, but she ended up not helping you. She did. Um, not her fault. I shouldn't have been watching her. Um, but, and I actually did it on New Orleans. I did it on Mardi Gras and I, um, and look, I messed up and I won fourth place. I was pretty upset because like first through third got to go to the archdiocesan oratorical. So, and it was my last year. Um, but you know, it is what it is. You got to fall sometimes, I guess. <laughs> How long uh, was your speech? It had to be three to five minutes. That's a lot for uh, a middle school. Yeah, yeah. It is. And you had to write it and it had to, like, you would be given topics. And it was always, like, a different topic and you had to write on this topic. And then, you know, I mean, it was definitely, and, you know, it had to be memorized. And, I mean, a lot of, you know, requirements. Yeah, what, what was the judging based on? So, I, obviously, you had some prereqs where it had to be your own work. You had to right. memorize it. Was it the, the smoothness of delivery? how your emotion matched the words you were saying? I think it was all, I mean, you went through certain like steps. So first it was like, you know, a class like speech and then you would get picked out of your class who was like the best. And then it went to like school wide or like, you know, the grade wide. And then, and then it would go to like a regional. And then I was in private school in Georgia. And um, so then it would go to the archdiocesan level, which was like the highest level you know, so, and I guess it was on delivery, you know, enthusiasm, you know, reaction from audience, you know, like interacting, because, you know, you needed to interact as well. You had to have a couple of different things. Yeah, I, I was in high school, and I had to give a, a speech, everybody went to a private school as well. Everybody their junior year had to write something of their own. We had, we could use uh, like three by five cards to refer to, because it was about a 15 to 20 minute speech. And it, and it was nerve wracking. You spent all this time preparing for it. And the feedback I got, the, the constructive feedback was I should have been more excited about talking about my hometown of Ashland, <laughs> Virginia. And I'm like, I was just happy to get through it. Like, right, right. Exactly. Very cool. So when you how did you find out you were going back to New Orleans? Uh, my parents, my stepdad and my mom got a divorce. Hmm. So my stepdad and my brother stayed in Georgia and my mom and I came back to New Orleans. Oh, that's rough, right? Oh, it was. I was very angry. Um, you know, because now at this point, I am have been here from third grade to eighth grade. It's I'm going to high school, and my mom's moving. You know, we're moving to New Orleans because my parents are getting divorced, and um, my brother was he's eight years younger than I am. And that's his dad. And he's a little difficult of a child. So, and my mom didn't have a job coming back, but she was ready to go back home. She wanted to go back home. And so it was, it was difficult. It was definitely an experience. She wanted to be with her family and, and she thought you would be better off uh, with your well, family given the divorce. Correct. I mean, I, I wasn't, I wasn't his, you know, um, so, you know, I had to go with my mom. So, yeah, I mean, she yeah, wasn't. And- leaving me behind. Did so. you leave the summer after eighth grade or in the middle of the eighth grade year? No, I left the summer. We, I finished, I graduated from eighth grade um, there. And then we left like maybe two days later. All right. So you're going to the brand new school. Was it a public or private school? Oh, in New Orleans, it was yeah. public. So I was scared out of my mind. Okay. Um, 
my eighth grade class in Rome, Georgia, in a private school was nine people. Okay. And my mom is putting me in a public school in New Orleans. It's in Metairie, actually, but you know, in New Orleans, Louisiana, I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm going to get murdered. I'm going to die. She's, I'm going to, she's going to kill me. This is going to kill me. I mean, I had no idea. I never, you know, I mean, I hadn't been in public school. They, and I just did not know what I was going to expect. Yeah. Metairie is right, right next to uh, the city of New Orleans, right? Yeah. So it's like, um, New Orleans, Metairie, Kenner. So, I mean, they're literally, we're so small. Everything's like literally five, 10 minutes from each other. Yeah, the, the bus line runs through Metairie into the city, right? Oh, yes, yes. I, mm-hmm. I, I know that because I, I went to Mardi Gras one year and we stayed in the London Lodge. Have you ever seen the London Lodge? You remember that place? I don't think so. It's a, ho- <laughs> it's a motel. It's not a place I would recommend anybody. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm so, not familiar with it. That might be a good thing. <laughs> that's a great thing for you. Uh, I probably should have never been familiar with it uh, in the first place. Uh, so New Orleans, what, what year was this when you went back? I went back in 1999. So 99, New Orleans had a reputation, I think, of having a, a fair amount of crime, right? Yeah. I mean, it definitely, you know, more than Rome, Georgia, you know, at that yeah. point. Um it did have a little bit of crime. New Orleans, more than Metairie. I mean, Metairie is actually very decent, but I was an eighth grader, very unfamiliar, just overhearing adults speaking, um, you know, scared. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what, how, When did you stop being scared? Um, probably the first day at Grace King. <laughs> I was fine. I did fine. I made my mom. She, of course, my freshman year of high school, I made her walk me to my homeroom. Imagine a freshman, right? And she, of course, had to wear the most, the worst outfit. My mom is very small, very youthful looking. She probably could have blended in. You know, no one would have even known that she was not a student. But no, she had to wear this awful outfit that day to like totally stand out that she was an adult. But I did not care. I had her walk me to my first day, my freshman year, to my homeroom. Um, and then it was fine from there. I was good. Like I made friends. Grace King was an amazing school. Nothing like what I had, what I thought it was going to be. Um, you know, I never saw anything, no fights, no, I mean, I met some of the greatest people there. So, I mean, you know, my overanalyzation of everything was not what it came out to be. Well, I mean, look, you, yeah. Everything has a reputation before you experience it for yourself, and yeah, you got to you got to debunk it or figure it out for yourself. <laughs> Correct. And I'm glad it only took a day. Only I, a day. It didn't take long. I like I said, I can talk to the wall literally. So it didn't take me long to make friends. In which Jennifer was in my homeroom. So you met her day one. She came a little bit later. <laughs> a little bit later. Um, she came a little bit later, but we're, I'm Klingman, she was Kiefer. And so, you know, it, I think it was maybe like a month in, but we weren't that close freshman year. We became close sophomore year. Okay, right on. Let's go back to your mom's outfit. Um, okay. I'm intrigued. What, what did her outfit look like? And this is 99, <laughs> so I, I'm thinking back to what 99 fashion was like. She had this purple 
romper, like romper, like dress romper for work, you know, like with this big belt and like, you know, her Farrah Fawcett hair. Um, <laughs> I mean, she just, I mean, she just totally could stand out. She loved this, you know, it had like shoulder pads in it and everything. Oh my gosh, it was awful. So wait a minute, when you say Farrah Fawcett hair, I'm thinking uh, oh, yeah, she beyond had shoulder length and like huge wings. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yes. That is fantastic. Yes. That's how she went. She would like curl her hair, you know, you curl, you put those big old rollers all in it. And then you dip the head, you brush it, pull it back over and spray it with her rat, you know, that rave mega hold. Oh yeah. She definitely did that one to me that day. M Mom oh. had no problem uh, being noticed. Oh, a hundred. No, not at all. Not at all. All right, so you you and Jennifer uh, get to know each other, and uh, y'all are hanging out in school after school. Uh, what what are you guys doing when you have your own time? I, I was the I was always pretty good. Okay, so Jennifer and I met actually. Um, we we met in high school, like we met you know freshman year, but we became close through the father of my child. Okay. That's how we got really close. Jennifer and I had homeroom and she ha actually happened to be talking about someone she dated. And I was like, how do you know him? And I was like, oh, I don't like that guy, you know? And then we just hit it off from there. You know, it just became a friendship. And then she knew the father of my, ch my, my children. And, you know, it just, the relationship blossomed. So... You, you find out you're pregnant and you're in 10th grade? Yes. Um, I'm trying to think. Yes, I was in 10th grade. I found out November 17th of 2000. So, so how old were you? You, you were 15 when you I found was out? I just turned 15, yes. Yeah, and then so you're 15 when you, when you give birth. And I'm 15 when I give birth, yes. So, uh, like, what is going through your mind uh, in the days and weeks after you found out you were pregnant? So um, I was at a friend's house and I had never taken a pregnancy test before. And this girl was like, oh, I think I'm pregnant. And um, she go, she's like, I think I need to take a pregnancy test. So we go to this store, Walgreens, in a bad, terrible neighborhood. How I was allowed to be here, I have no idea. Um, and... They stole, I did not steal, but they stole the pregnancy test. And so they stole two. So I was like, oh, I'll take one just for the fun of it, right? Like just to do it. I'd never done it before. And um, so she takes hers, I take mine, and we stole, they stole them. <laughs> and they're like, is it two lines you're pregnant or one? And I'm like, mm, I think it's two. And, she, my, and my friend Liz is like, you sure? And I'm like, I'm pretty positive. She's like, well, the other girl's like, well, mine says I'm not pregnant. And she's like, Amber, I think yours is defective and throws it. And I'm like, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me, right? Like, I just did this for fun just to do it. And, I mean, I hadn't even had fun long enough. Like, you know, I this is very new. And so we went and got another one. Of course, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, how am I going to do this? Like, I'm 15. Of course, my my mom's going to be furious. I, again, my perfectionness set in. 
I don't, I'm a pleaser. I'm a people pleaser. So like, I don't like to make anyone upset. I like to do everything correct. I like to make the right grades. I like to clean my room, do what I'm supposed to do. I, you know, um, so I go and I take another one and I'm in this little shotgun double. Okay. On Elysian fields, right off of Elysian fields. And they didn't have like showers, you know, they just had like a bathtub, like one of those old time bathtubs. And I'm sitting on the edge of the bathtub. I take this second pregnancy test. And my friend looks up, looks back at me, looks down, looks back at me. And she's like, Amber, I'm so sorry, you're pregnant. And I just collapsed in the bathtub. Um, Because the father of my children, we were not together at the time, we had just broken up. Mm. And I'm thinking, Oh, my gosh, what am I? How am I going to do this? But me being the person that I am, I was like, well, you know, like, I have to do what I have to do. I mean, I have to be responsible. Um, so I immediately called him and told him that I was, I, I said, oh, I have good news and I have bad news. I said, the bad news is, or the good news is I don't want to be with you. And the bad news is I'm pregnant. And he hung up on me. Oh. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So he immediately called back. And of course, I didn't want to speak to him, you know, and my friend was like, um, he was like, is she really telling the truth or is she just trying to get back with me? Everybody's saying she's just trying to get back with me. And he's like, she's like, no, she doesn't want to be with you, but she's not lying, you know. Mm. And then it just. Smoked. And he's a high schooler too, right? He was. So I was 15 and he was 17. Yeah, and so I I imagine uh, that disrupted high school for you in a, in a way that you could have never anticipated. Um, actually, I had a lot of help. Um, never once did it cross my mind that I was going to have to drop out of school or, you know, things were going to be. I had a great support system. Um, the father of my children, his name is Matt, and um, his mother was a very huge help when, you know, I had my son, I never had to miss school or worry about dropping out or any of that. And, you know, my mom was a very good support system, but Miss Wanda really, she took on a very big role in my life. What, what month was uh, your child born in? Um, my son was born um, July of 2001. Yeah, so I guess timing works out. It, it did. It worked out great. I was literally able to have him in the summer. I didn't miss much school, like for doctor's appointments. I had him in July, the end of July, and I started back school three weeks later. And you're uh, you're still a kid, but I, I imagine did. you had maternal instincts that kicked in. I did. I 100% had maternal instincts, but again, he was like a doll. Um Miss Wanda, she taught me how to be a mother, you know, um, the right things to do. Um, she was there. I thank her a lot for, you know, showing me and being there. Because, again, I was only 15 years old, you know, so that, yes, the maternal instincts were there, but the knowledge was not, you know. Um, so she really helped me. You know, she babysat. She showed me how to give a bath. She showed me how to feed him properly. She made sure that, you know, I was doing everything correctly. I, you know, there were certain rules that had to be followed. Like there was no like, oh, 
Amber could just get up and go out and she was going to babysit, you know, um, I mean, I had a baby that I had to take care of. Yeah, you, you were primary and you had to coordinate. Oh, 100%. I was 100% his mother. Like, you know, um, but again, I had a lot. Of, I did have a good support system, you know, that I was able to go to school. I was able to work. I was able to finish high school. You know, I was able to do all that. Well, it sounds like uh, both grandmothers were uh, pretty important to you. Yeah, they were. They were. They definitely played a very important role into where I am today. I mean, I could not, I couldn't be where I am if it wasn't for them. And they're, and they're still a big part of your life? Oh, yes. A hundred percent. Yes, they are. You said Miss Wanda? Miss Wanda. Mamu. That's what they call her. Um, yes. Uh, look, she actually was living in my garage, <laughs> um, you know, and she just moved out, um, got her own little place. But I mean, she's a mother to me. She's, you know, I mean, I've been with her since I was 15 years old. Um, you know, she taught me a lot. She was a great person. She really was. I mean, she didn't have to do everything she did. I mean, she didn't. I mean, I know she did it for her grandchildren, but in return, she did it for me. Yeah, I mean, you're getting pregnant as a teenager. You you picked up a second mom too. Along I did, her. I did, and she took me in with open arms. Um, you know, no question, loved my baby. I mean, I know it was her son's baby, but you know, it could it could have gone a lot of different ways. Um, loved my baby like her own. I mean, you know, she'd do anything for that child. You know, whatever. I mean, she whatever. That's in her mind. That's her baby. If you want me to be honest with you, no, that's that's great. You anybody around your baby, you want them to think that way, right? Right. I mean, a hundred. Look, it takes a village to raise a child, and especially when you're young, you know, you need a village. You need everybody. I mean, I had, like I said, I had a lot of support. You know, friends, parents, my my mom, my I had my dad. You know, like his wife, his um their children. Like, I mean, a lot of people had to help and step up to the plate, you know, so that we could get where we are today. And what did you name your baby? My son's name is Matthew. He's, what, a, you he's call, a junior. You Matthew? I do. His dad is Matt. So um, I call, you know, I mean, sometimes I say Matt if I'm really mad at him, but majority of the time his name is Matthew. So is he Matthew to everybody? little Matt, you know, I mean, and he don't like that anymore because, you know, he's a big kid now. Um, but yeah, he's Matthew. Majority of them call the big one, Matt, and then the little one, Matthew. So what would I call him if I met him? Matthew. Okay. Matthew. All right. Right on. And how old is Matthew now? Matthew is 20 years old. <laughs> I'm an old lady now. He's you, you. I'm 53 and my oldest is 20. Yeah, I'm 36. Just made 36, and he is 20. Well, happy and he's birthday. about to be 21. <laughs> yeah, because he's well, what's his birthday? Well, July. I mean, he's got a little, okay. little time, but but he'll be legal. He'll legal. Yeah, he's a good kid though. He really All right, is. so you 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 have a child, and you're going through the rest of high school, but you, you end up doing it on time because you're you're a perfectionist. You have a village around you that's helping you. What did you do after high school? Um, I went to a little college in Algiers called Our Lady of Holy Cross. I was going to go be a nurse. Okay. Going to go be a nurse. Um, so I immediately went to college after. I mean, 
I had to, I worked for a chiropractor. Um, I worked, I started working for a chiropractor in high school, my senior year. So you could go to school like half a day and then you work the rest of the day. Like, um, it was, you know, like early release. Um, so I did that. And so I loved the medical field. So I wanted to be a nurse and Miss Wanda is a nurse. And so I, you know, saw that I could, you know, work my schedule out and be a parent to my son and, and make a good living. Um, so I did that. Well, I flunked out, you know, I was working, going to school, working 40 hours, going to school full time, had a baby. I barely saw my son cause I was either at work driving across the river to go to school or I don't know, trying to get a couple of minutes with or in the car, literally. Um, so I stopped, I started waiting tables at a restaurant so I could be off all week, you know, coordinate my schedule around my son's schedule and then, um, go to and work on the weekends, work doubles. I would work doubles on the weekends mm. and wait tables. And when you say cross the river, you're talking about the mighty Mississippi, right? The mighty Mississippi. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, through, through the eye off. I don't know why I did that. That's <laughs> That's not okay. I was going back in the 1880s or something. I don't know what that was all about. You're good. All right. So you're, you're waiting tables. You're raising a small boy. Um, the village is helping, but like you're probably tired a lot, I imagine, when your son was a lot younger. Yes, I'm very, very I mean, I'm just, you're getting through the days, literally, trying to make it work, trying to manage. All right. So when you when you failed out of school and, and I don't know how you even attempted to do what you were attempting to do, but it doesn't work out. Does that mean nursing was kind of done forever? No. I So I I took like a semester off and I, I switched schools. I went to Delgado, which is a community college, and I switched and um, I pursued the nursing as well. Again, trying. And then um, I got pretty close, got my grades back up. And I got pregnant again. And I was 19 years old. Okay. So Matthew was what? Four. Three, three or four. Yeah. He was four years old. I got pregnant again. I still continued school. I was going to finish. I was almost applying for nursing school. And then we had Hurricane Katrina hit. Oh. And we were uprooted. Um, the big one and I were not together. So he took my son to Missouri and I went with his mom to a little town in Effie, Louisiana. Um, our home was destroyed. We came back to nothing, um, nowhere to live. I mean, we were living in a gutted home pretty much for a while. Um, How many our- months pregnant were you when Katrina hit? Uh, I was about five months, five months pregnant when yeah. Katrina hit. And then when you went to the, uh, the the other town, how far north was that away from? Normal? It's about three, um, three and a half hours. Yeah. I mean, basically the southern half of the state of Louisiana was just. I was annihilated. Yeah, yeah, we were done. I mean, and the reason we, we were behind a canal. So the reason we got so much water, they didn't turn the pumping stations on. So we had all this like dirty water, like mm-hmm. this soot kind of water that was coming in. Um, I mean, it was 
undescribable. You will never forget the smell. You will never forget what you saw when you first drove in. Um, it's just your everything you owned was ruined, except the things you took that. And hurricane people are, you know, Louisianians or whatever. Um, we take three days, you know, because you. It's like a mini vacation before Katrina. It's like a mini vacation. You take three days, and you know, you you come back and everything's fine. And so you took three days, and you straightener and you blow dryer and a, a little bit of makeup, and that was it. And um. So you yeah. knew it was gonna be. You knew it was gonna be bad. Um. We were, we had, we couldn't go back for a whole, like a week and a half. Um, you couldn't go back to New Orleans. You, you left just before the, the main part of the hurricane hit. And then you're, you, you're told you can't get back to where you live for a long time. That's, that's what. 10 and, months yeah. Days. And you, and then at that point, like no one is there, you can't get in touch with anyone and you have no idea what you're even going back to. Like, is your house there? Is what's there? Like, how bad is it? You have no idea what it's going to, I mean, and then my son was supposed to start pre-K. Mm. Could not start pre-K <laughs> for, you know, um, it was, it was crazy. So when you came back to, to where you lived, what did the, the place look like? Um, mold was everywhere. Mold was on the sofas. Um, we had, I mean, Things were just uprooted. The water had come in about, probably about a foot, but enough to like rearrange things, rearrange furniture, enough to put enough mold throughout. Well, you had been gone a week and a half. The water just sat. And again, we were behind the canal. So all that canal water came in. And I mean, it was just like, you know, dirt, soot, like, oh God, disgusting. Like just, and like, Trees look dead. I mean, it looked like an old ghost town, like when you drove through. Like, it was awful. So so the structural part of the house was intact, it sounded like, but you just had standing water for a week and a half. Yes, yes. The structure was there. I, we just had standing water for a while. Did uh, plumbing work? Electrical didn't work? No. Kind of no plumbing at that point. And when we first got back, and no electric. When we first got back. And did you, you didn't stay in the house when you came back, did you? No, um, my mom had gotten electric. Oh, my, an aunt of mine um, lived in Laplace and they didn't have as much damage. So we stayed with her until power and stuff got, and we gutted the house. So we gutted the house and we lived in the gutted house. Because you had, things worked. It just wasn't uh, the kind of home that you... You wanted to live. No, no, you had like mice coming in sometimes. Oh God, that's so embarrassing. But you know, like I mean, because your walls are totally and completely open, like you can see everything. You know, they cut what four feet up. You know, um, the whole house was open. No stove. You kind of lived on a mic between a microwave, and it was definitely a different way of living until we finally got like a FEMA trailer in the front of the house. How long did it take to get that? Oh, gosh. I don't even remember. It felt like years. <laughs> I mean, it probably was like, I mean, it was a good eight, nine months. I mean, wow. it, was, it was bad. Yeah, it was, it was really bad. Yeah, do, you trust, do you trust that if another Katrina-sized storm and the impact that came with that 
storm if it happens again that uh, the levees will hold? This last storm that came through, Hurricane Ida, um, now it was more of a wind than a water. Um, they're saying that it would hold. Um, I hope to God it does. Um, but this last storm was pretty bad that we have. I mean, it was, and especially in Kenner, um, it was a category five mm. that hit like the Kenner area. Um, but again, I mean, there was a lot of water, but it was more of a wind. And I mean, the levees did hold. So, um, I mean, it definitely was pushing. It didn't, I think the levees are holding here now, but Laplace, which is like on the north side of the, the, the lake, is where the it's breaking and going over, and they're flooding now. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah they have gotten it twice now. And it's like they've done something by the lake because we're protected. Like, you know, Kenner, Metairie, New Orleans, but Laplace, which used to never flood, is flooding every time. That's uh, that's crazy. It is. It's crazy. I mean, but, you know, this is what we're used to. I mean, I get. I mean. I well, guess. look, I, New Orleans, I was telling you before we start recording, New Orleans is a kind of town that uh, I enjoy visiting uh, for lots of reasons. Uh, but it's. The city proper, and I don't know how much beyond uh, the city itself, is below sea level, right? Oh, we're, a, yes. Yes. We're a big bowl. That's all we are is a bowl. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's above us. I don't yeah. know how much, you know, under sea level we are, um, but we're, that's what they call us. We're the bowl. I mean, and just get sinking deeper and deeper down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it makes you wonder how long New Orleans, I mean, you and I probably won't see the end of New Orleans in our lifetimes, but at some point, I imagine. I'm sorry, there's because, you know, like, slowly, I mean, like, those little barrier islands at the end, you know, like, are just being ate up, eaten up, eaten up, eaten up. So, I mean, they're getting smaller and smaller, getting closer and closer to the city. You know, I'm further north, so, I mean, not much further, but a little bit. Um so let's go back to you're basically nomadic for the, uh, several months, like eight or nine months. And then you get a trailer. And how long were you all in the trailer? Um, I think it took about probably, oh gosh, I'm going on my memory. It, you know, living in it felt so much longer than it probably actually was. But you had a lot of, um, a lot of, contractors kind of screwing you over not doing the right things um <laughs> not to that not one doing, of your, is that your daughter it's my son actually Let, let's let's see your son you want to see my son <laughs> matthew the um this is the guy with the podcast nice Christmas. hey matthew how's it going man good how are you i'm doing well hey, are you looking for uh forward to next season Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Big time. All right. You guys got a good recruiting class coming in? Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And who's your coach now? Brian Kelly. Oh, that's right. Yes, sir. You got the Notre Dame guy. Yes, sir. Yeah, I think he wants to see what he can do in the SEC. I think it's cool. You guys landed a good one there. Oh, yeah. Big time. I think so, too. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yes, sir. You think it's weird that your mom's doing a podcast? <laughs> I had no idea she was doing this. I just got home, and I didn't even know. It's pretty cool, though. Well, Jennifer Stevens, who I'm sure you know, uh, connected me with your mom, and she said I should talk to both of you. 
okay. uh, in, individually. Okay, I got you. So we'll start with mom first because mom, mom's part of your origin story. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and, and you go by Matthew, your mom's telling me. Yeah, either one, Matt or Matthew, it doesn't matter okay. to me. Okay. When you're around the guys, it's Matt, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> right, right, cool. Well, great meeting you. Yes, sir, you too. <laughs> you got Christmas tree rocking? Yes, I do. No, I mean, there's a couple presents. I have a lot of wrapping to do. Oh, my gosh. My, my wife's doing that right now, and I'm spending all day tomorrow doing it. Yeah. I know. I'm not looking forward to it. All right. So you're, you're in the trailer for uh, longer than you wanted to be, but then the house got ready at some point, and you, and you moved back into the house? Yes. Um, I mean, it took a while to move back in, but we finally moved back in. I want to say it was probably a good year that wow. it took to get it back together. Again, like I said, contractors were just um, not doing a, you know, taking things. One was the man that signed my birth certificate was one of the contractors that stole money and didn't do what they were supposed to do. Um, it was just not a good situation. You mean when you were a baby, that birth certificate? Um. He's not my biological father, but which I found out later in life, but he is the man that signed my birth certificate. Um, and the name I carry is Klingman. So you have his last name. I do have his last name, but he's not my biological father. And he signed as if he was, and then he was one of the contractors that uh, wasn't a perfect contractor. Correct. I know. Terrible, right? I mean, Sorry, this, this sounds like a, uh, a movie, maybe. Amber. Oh, gosh. I, let me tell you, I think I'm five Lifetime movies all rolled into one story. Okay? Like, if I really got down and dirty with it and told you everything, you might have a heart attack. So. Yeah, you, you, you don't know me that well yet. <laughs> right, exactly. You might have a heart attack. You might be like, oh, gosh. I'm trying to. I don't know where I'm going. All right. So was Matthew in uh, Missouri when all this was going on? Um, yes. Matthew was in Missouri with his dad um, during Hurricane Katrina. And then they came back to New Orleans. Like we did not expect Katrina to be what it was. So he had a place to go and I hadn't really figured out a place to go. And um, so, and he really, he took Matthew kind of, without permission, but somewhat permission. Um, and it just wasn't what I expected, you know, like, oh, he was going to be gone again three days and come home. But that is not what happened or occurred. Well, and, and not coming back after three days is entirely about Katrina, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we couldn't, no one could come back into the city unless you had like a pass or something like that. So uh, do you live in that house now? No, I do not. That was actually Miss, his mom's house is where I lived at that point. Gotcha. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So when did nursing not be, be a thing anymore? Um, I got pregnant again and um, I, um, I lost my baby when she was two weeks old, 14 days old to the minute, actually, um, mm -hmm. from something called adenovirus which is kind of like what we're going through right now. Um, it was a common cold. It was not very um, common at that point. Um, she was the 10th person in the whole world to ever contract this through um, as an infant. Um, 
she, they had no idea. It took them nine months to actually figure out what she had passed of. Um, she got sick. Let me start from the beginning. So she got sick on her 12th day of life. And um, we rushed her to the emergency room. Her pH level was like at a 6.9, which is like knocking at death's door. So they told me if I would have waited like 10 more minutes, I probably would have had a dead baby on my hand. Um, she was immediately intubated. And then um, she wasn't getting better. They, and they weren't sure what was going on. She was pulling a gram-negative rod infection, which was like um, E. coli. So they didn't know if like, oh, she had gotten it through delivery. Like, you know, she had gone, I'd gone to the bathroom and she wasn't clean properly. Or, you know, she had gone to the bathroom to delivery and wasn't cleaned. Um, if, you know, when she was changed, if like somebody didn't wash their hands um, because the culture was pulling E. coli. So then she was moved from this. We were at Lakeside Hospital, which is a local hospital in Metairie. Now, again, this is like a couple months after Katrina. So not everything was opened back up yet. Um, this is March of after Katrina 2006. And um, we were rushed to Tulane Hospital in New Orleans. And she was put in the PICU because they didn't have a neonatal at that point. And um, she had to be put on ECMO, which is where they cut your main artery mm. to your brain. And they put this machine and this machine acts as your heart and your lungs. It was, her heart was fine. It was her lungs. Like, cause she had been intubated for so long that it was like a punching bag. And um, they actually weren't even sure if she was gonna make it to the hospital. And I remember following the ambulance um, and praying to God, you know, that my child was going to make it. And the nurse there was like, this man has bagged someone for hours. He's going to get her there. He'll get her there. And of course, they, the ambulance beat me there. And I had to, you know, oh, did she make it? Because, again, they weren't sure if she was going to make it. And um, the gentleman told me that she had made it. And all I could do was hug him, you know, she made it there and she was immediately rushed into surgery to do the ECMO and, um, she came out of surgery fine. Um, I didn't leave that, that night for some reason I was able to sleep. Like God had kind of like, okay, you have to rest, you know, like go to sleep, um, for like maybe two hours. My son had a field trip the next day and, I was, I'm a very anxious person. So I didn't want him to go by himself. It was his first field trip. He was in pre-K four. So his mamu was supposed to go with him. And, um, you know, I was going to stay back with the new baby. Well, she sent him off and she came later because she knew I would get very upset if I knew that she did not go to the field trip with him. So she came, but she said she, if something was to happen, she wouldn't be able to live with herself, that she would be at the field trip and not at the hospital. Um, as soon as she got there, um, the doctors came out, said everything looked fine. And we were supposed to go take a walk so that I could get some fresh air because I hadn't left the hospital in 
probably 48 hours at this point. And um, all of a sudden they were kicking everybody out of the back rooms. And, you know, I mean, it was just a very crazy situation. And I just knew, I knew, <laughs> I don't know how I knew. Um, and the doctor came out and said that Kaylee had hemorrhaged in her stomach because they give you hemparin, which is a blood thinner. And there was a chance that, you know, um, she could hemorrhage, but they gave me, if I didn't do this, it was a 70% chance that um, she would die. So I had to take my little 30% and run with it, right? Like, I mean, I couldn't let her, I had to fight. I had to give it all my, you know, whatever they needed to do. And, um, and again, I'm 19 years old at this point. And, um, so they said that, um, I needed to make the decision if we were going to keep going or not. Um, but most likely that Kaylee would be on dialysis for the rest of her life. Well, my new is a nurse and she looked at me and said, um, we would be selfish if we would let this child live on dialysis for the rest of her life. But I also, as a mother, cannot make that decision to stop. So the doctor was like, well, before I say that, let me go see if she's hemorrhaged anywhere else. And so they brought her, um, they went back there and then they came back and they told me that they had to stop and that she had hemorrhaged in her head as well. And, um, that was probably the worst day of my life. <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine, Amber. Like, um, what, what, what did you, what's her full name? Her name's um, Kaylee Elise Ray Jane. My kids all have two middle names. So um, it's, you know, their dad has two middle names. So we continued that tradition. So, and all of her name means something. So, you know, Kaylee is from her paternal grandparents their names are Wanda Kay and Arthur Lee and then Elise was my grandnanny and then Ray is my great-grandmother and then her last name is Jane I'm so sorry for your loss um mm -hmm. it's 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 been a, a while since that happened but it's gonna stay with it you has now. I mean like I have really good days and um you know but it's and sometimes I can tell the story and not get emotional and um and then there's times that, you know, I tell the story and I do. And um, I mean, she'll be 16 years old in March. Um, it has definitely changed me. I'm, you know, I'm not the same person I was before her. <laughs> um, I'm different. My poor son had to go through a lot with me. I don't think I ever let him out of my sight. Um, he wasn't allowed to do much. Still not so much. <laughs> I still get a little crazy sometimes, but I have to let him grow. Um, but, and you know, he had to go through it all with me as well. I mean, he went through it all with me. Yeah, it's gotta be tough for him. And, and he's, as a four-year-old, he has no concept really for what's going on. No, I, I mean, no, I mean, he remembers. Um, and I think he, you know, at that point it was, he was this little four-year-old that his sister never came back home and um, you know, seeing him like kneel at her grave and mm. 
praying. To, oh gosh, it's just, you know, it's something you never want to see your child do or ever have to experience that loss. Yeah. You know? I mean, he, and he realized it more when he got older, you know, the pain of it than he did at four. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, you and I just met tonight, but I'm, I'm very, very sorry for your loss. <laughs> it's, it's, thank you. I don't know how to, I don't know how to transition out of, out of that. <laughs> I know, right? I know it's a, it's definitely a deep one. It's definitely, but look, it's made us who we are today. Um, it's made me stronger, a little crazy, a little crazy. Um, with my children, don't let them. I don't let them go too far. They're still very much attached to my umbilical cord on this end. They want to leave, but I have to keep them real close. Um, Poor Matthew. I mean, like I said, he was the one that had to go through it with me the most. And I mean, I wouldn't let him go to the bathroom. But oh, no, couldn't go to the bathroom. Couldn't even do Chuck E. Cheese. Did not like Chuck E. Cheese. Hated Chuck E. Cheese. Um, he was not allowed to, like, walk around by himself. <laughs> I mean, I was a nut. I was a nut. I was. I, I think any parent would have done the same thing. Yeah, I, I was a little. I'm sorry. My dogs are barking. No, you're fine. I, I have two dogs and two cats and they drive yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, but you're, you are letting your son out of, out of your sight because he's in Baton Rouge during the school year and he's playing football in the SEC, which is arguably the toughest uh, conference in college football. Yes, he is. He's doing great. Um, let me tell you, this kid is like one amazing little big person. Um, I couldn't be prouder. I mean, coming from two parents, he definitely could have gone to two young parents. I mean, like I said, I was 15. His dad was 17. Um, he could have definitely gone a different route. Um, and he, he's not been an angel. Um, he's gotten himself in trouble, but has straightened himself out and made, I mean, he graduated with, um, a 3.9 GPA, a 27 on his ACT. I mean, he actually signed in high school with McNeese state, um, in Lake Charles. And, um, I mean, he was just an all around academically, a great, um, and a great football player. He was a three-year starter at a school called John Curtis Christian Academy, which is a football school down here. You're, um, you know, if you are really good at football, you tend to go to Curtis. And um, my son's not super tall. I mean, I'm his mother and I'm about 4'11". His dad's 6'3", but again, unfortunately, I'm his mom. Wait a minute, you're, you're, you're 4'11 and uh, his dad's 6'3"? Yes. Yes. I, I thought I had uh, was near the record. You, there's a bigger height difference in his parents than uh, my wife and me. I'm six four. And my wife's five two. But y'all. Oh wow! Two. Oh wow! Yeah, you know his dad's six three. I'm four. We look like perfect stairs. I mean, we were really hoping he was going to get to his dad's height, but again. Yeah, I, I lost the sound for you, Amber. Hello. Yeah, you're back. Okay. Unfortunately, um, he got right in the middle. He did pretty good. So he's not, again, he's not a super tall, but this kid, like he can play. And of course I'm biased. I am a hundred, you know, I'm biased, but people come up to me like in high school, they would come up to me and tell me, Oh my gosh, I love watching your son play. I mean, his heart. I mean, he just has a nose for the ball. He just, he knows how to attack. I mean, men, you know, like, Matthew, he got hurt um, sophomore year, I think it was, um, no, junior year. And they were like, 
oh god our defense is nothing without him you know like we need him back we need him back um he was an inside linebacker so like he was like the captain of the defense the quarterback of the defense is what I was told and so he would put everybody in their position he's just a very smart player you know I mean he's just he's just a good kid he really is a good kid do do you worry about him uh right it's not a, a perfectly safe sport and, and yeah. I say that as a guy who played through high school, like yes. I, I get the dangers um, in the sport. Yes, I do worry. I mean, I a hundred, but I guess when you see that your child loves something so much or their heart beats for that, then like you have to put your own feelings aside. Um, I mean, I worry every day, I can't, you know, um, but he loves it. And, you know, I mean, I, I have to let him do what he loves, his heart's in it. You know, like this isn't just a, a hobby, you know, I mean, he loves the game. So let's, let's back up. Uh, let's say Matthew's in middle school, high school, who are his family members that are uh, raising him besides you? And I'm guessing both grandmothers. Um, he had a peepaw, which was my mom's husband that helped out a lot. Um, Kevin, which is the, this was at, well middle school um i'm trying to think um it was mainly you know my mom mr eric which is peepaw um and miss wanda and um his dad was in his life and his dad's still in his life i imagine oh 100 percent, yes yeah all right and you were telling me before we start recording you have a a, a sixth grader i do her name ariana she's my rainbow baby so i should not she's my accident well they're all my accidents i shouldn't have had any of them um but i needed her um i needed that baby because i was a little crazy and she helped me um you know get through the hump that i was going through um she didn't take her place by any means but she definitely helped me get over yeah, no, I, 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 uh, I actually understand it, but I obviously can't have a full appreciation because I haven't been through that. Uh, I don't so, waste all my work on me. Oh, mm, I, I, you know, I, I can't comprehend how you how you made it through all that. Uh, all right, so nursing wasn't going to be a thing, uh, but you you're you're working, right? You got back into the workforce at some. Point. I did. Well, I graduated from college, so I switched. I got out of nursing. Um, and I said, well, I can't wait tables for the rest of my life. I mean, you know, the, again, I can't do this. I have to get a big girl job. So, and right before I got pregnant with Ariana, I, um, I graduated with a degree in accounting and, um, I got it in a year because I, I had a lot of prerequisites and all that. Um, I got in a year, I graduated t- December of 2008 right? Yeah. Yeah. December of 2008. And I started working. Um, I got my first real big girl job somewhat um, in February of 2009 for a general contractor. And I worked in construction accounting and still work in construct. I was actually with um, Citadel for 13 years. And then and you, you must have just changed jobs. I changed jobs and recently, well, I don't know if you're familiar, but the contractor I was working for, um, the Hard Rock in New Orleans that collapsed, 
yeah. I, I worked for them. Uh. And, yeah. So um, a place that I thought I would be for the rest of my life. I mean, <laughs> I'd been there 13 years. And um, so we had to close. And now I work for another general contractor in construction and counting as well. All right, right on. All right, let's go back to Matthew. Okay. He he he's he goes to McNeese State. Not a big school, or is it? Um, it's a D one, but it's in the Southland Conference. Okay. Um, it's in the Southland Conference. It's not an SEC school. South Southland Conference. Like I, I follow college football. I've never heard of the Southland Conference, so Isn't it's definitely the not the SEC. Is okay. he is he there? It's he is. <laughs> I'm trying to. See. It's not the SEC. It's just um, I know it's D one, but it's not. Um, it is the Southland Conference, I think. I think that's what it was. Ask Matthew for a couple other schools that were in that conference. Uh, who else is in the Southland Conference? What? Who else is in the Southland Conference? Uh, like Nichols. It's uh, it's, it's FCS. It's FCS. FCS. So it's, it's not FBS. So it's like the old one double A. Yeah, it's one double A. Yeah, one double A. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so like uh, the perennial good one double A teams that win nas national championships are like North Dakota State, James Madison, that sort of thing. Yes. Okay. He said yes. All right. I, I, we're not going to interview Matthew. All right. <laughs> so what, what do you got going on these days? What What do you? How do you spend your time? I work a lot. <laughs> um, I go to LSU football games. Go Tigers! Right. Um, I go watch him. Um, my daughter plays volleyball. Um, so we do a lot of that. Um, that's really, yeah, my life is about them pretty much. <laughs> well, you're, you're a mom. Yeah. I, yeah. I, get it. I love uh, it though. I, I love the sports world. I love watching them. I love, you know, I love all of that. So volleyball, I imagine comes with weekend tournaments. Oh yes. So she's in club ball and it's very demanding, you know, I mean, practices two, three times a week, um, tournaments on the weekends, but she loves it and she's pretty good at it. And, um, you know, we're working on, you know, now it's her turn. It's her turn. She's had to all, you know, always kind of be in match shadow. So now she's like an only child. He's gone. He's in college. It's about her and her sports and her things. And, you know, she, of course she picks the girl version of football, in my opinion, you know, like it's at the same time football is. I'm like, what are you doing? I really wanted her to be a dancer, but you know, she's a sports girl. So, <laughs> well, uh, my kids did track for a little bit and they did gymnastics and uh, there's a lot of waiting around uh, for those two sports. Is volleyball the same way? Like in a weekend tournament? Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, like if you, you play three sets and then you have to like wait and then let them, let the next two teams play and then you play the winner. Yeah. So it's a lot of waiting. A lot. Do you but, travel out of state for it or is it still in state? We're still in state. Um, the furthest we've gone is like, um, I mean, we've gone to like Mobile. Like we're supposed to go to Mobile this. So, I mean, we go to Alabama, but that's like a three hour drive. Yeah, I was going to say it's not too far away. No, no. All right. So uh, what, what are your plans for the future? You think just be an awesome mom and then you'll see what happens? I guess so. Hopefully I have find myself a husband one day um <laughs> hopefully because i do not want to be the old lady with 100 million dogs because i don't do the cat thing i have dogs so um hopefully hopefully that'll be in my future one day 
Yeah, stop working full time and, and uh, raising a, a six. It's difficult to like yeah. you know fit that into your life. I mean, and then I'm busy. I mean, and you know, like I don't have time for that right now. So it's no, getting I, there. It's getting there. My kids are getting. You know, my life is a whole lot easier. They take care of themselves. Again, my son is in college. My daughter's in sixth grade. Um, they, if I don't want to cook, I don't have to. You know, if I don't want to, I don't have to give no bass anymore. You know, life is pretty nice and it's pretty easy. And, you know, it's yeah, kind of it, it, it was awesome when my youngest was able to uh, feed herself. Right. Right. You're like, oh, gosh. I mean, sometimes I'm like, oh, my gosh, what am I? I was here by myself for a minute. I was like, oh, my God, what do I do with myself? I was jamming into some Christmas music, singing. You know, I'm like, oh, this is, you know, but it's weird for me. I'm not used to it. I always have someone here. Super you know? unusual, right? Yeah, super. Very. So I don't know I, when they I, all leave me. I don't know what I'm going to do. You'll figure it out, I imagine. I hope so. I better have a husband by then. I mean, I'm getting older. Okay. Like, I, I don't know that I, I can help you on that front because I've been no, married. No, you don't have to buy me a husband. I'm not. Look, I, anyways, I run. As soon as I think, I run. So I'm like that runaway bride. I'm too scared anyway. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> all right. So my I nor, sometimes have a co-host. I, I call him my occasional co-host. He's mm -hmm. not, wasn't able to join us tonight. Uh, but he asks a question at the end of every episode. Uh, so I'll ask you the question. It's meant to be a little more revealing about your personality. Okay. It's not a hard, it's not a hard question. All right. So you get to uh, host a talk show. It could be a daytime talk show. It could be a light, late night talk show. And you get to decide who your three guests are going to be. One's going to be a female. One's going to be male. And one's going to be a musical group or a musical soloist. They can be from history. They can be, uh, people that are close to you, that it can be people that are famous. You you can entertain your audience. You can make it thought provoking. You can make it whatever you want it to be. It can be just for you. Who would your, your three guests be? Um, well, definitely Patrick Swayze. Cause Swayze's your male guest. Patrick he did, Swayze. He did a, little, did a little singing at one point. He too. did do a little singing. He is like, I just always loved him. You know, thought I was going to marry him when I got older, but What's your uh, favorite Patrick Swayze movie? Oh, Dirty Dancing, of course. I, I'm a, I'm a, I have an affinity for Roadhouse. I have actually never seen Roadhouse. Like literally, I mean, I've seen it, but not like sat down and watched it. My second favorite would have to be Tu Wong Fu because he made a beautiful woman. You know, he just made a beautiful woman. <laughs> he, he was, uh, he was a very talented guy. He right. was. He was very ta talented. Definitely. He seemed like a really good guy too. That was the uh, I think image. so. And you know, he's not that tall. He wasn't that tall either. He's kind of a lot of those actors in Hollywood are not tall. I know. I was shocked. You know, but I mean, definitely Patrick. I mean, look, we were on first name basis. I just thought he was the best person in the world. <laughs> All right, well, that's, that's a good guess. I'd watch that. Okay. How about your female? My female guest. Well, when I was younger, I wanted to be Mariah Carey. So I thought, I mean, so I guess I would have to pick Mariah Carey because I still love to, you know, sing all I want for Christmas, like I'm her. So, I mean, she would definitely have to be somebody that I would want to meet or interview. So you, you're interviewing your first two guests, but they're also musical. I know, I guess. I thought I was going to be that, but, you know, I winded up smoking cigarettes and that did not go in my favor. So now I can't sing for anything. <laughs> That doesn't help for sure. No, it did not help. All right, musical group or, or solo musical artist. Oh gosh, 
Um, I have named a fall though. Um, gosh, that's a hard one. It can be a group that broke up 20 years ago, or it can be the current one. I guess let's do Backstreet Boys. Why not? Right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm watching you interview Patrick and Mariah. I, I, you may lose me at Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys? I mean, I just, it was my first concert. So they're like the ones that came to my mind. <laughs> That's the only reason. That, I mean, they were good for a time, right? They were. It was my first concert, you know, right. me and my best friend. So. <laughs> All right, There's so uh, tell, what's your relationship like with Jennifer these days? We'll start in with Jennifer. We, I mean, we um, we always pick up where we leave off. Um, she's my daughter, my youngest. Um, she's her godmother. Um, even though we're both Jewish, I mean, I'm confirmed Catholic, but um, she is my daughter's godmother. Um, I mean, she's like a sister to me. I mean, we're not friends. We're family. I mean, at the end of the day, her mom's my mom. My mom's her mom. I mean, we're just, we're family. We have yep. a tripod is what we have. We have another friend named Rachel and um, us three. And when we get together, we're a force not to be reckoned with, literally. And, we and fight, we get mad, and then we're fine. Like, I mean, you know, that's just well, how it is for us. The, the handful of times that she's brought you up uh, with me, she she lights up when she talks about you. So, Look, she's been a great friend. And again, she's probably been one of my support systems, too, because she was there when with Matthew, she helped, she picked up, she, you know, she did things for me. I mean, she sat when I was pregnant. Um, she'd go out after a while when I went to sleep, but I would never know. She got busted one time, but they would go out after I went to sleep. But, you know, she sat there with me, you know, cause I couldn't go. But so I think that's a pretty damn good friend, you know, 15, 16 years old. Yeah. You especially know? that young. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, she was, she's been a great friend. I couldn't ask for better. Well, Amber, I think you need to consider making two or three movies about <laughs> your, uh, your life. And, and you're still fairly young, right? I am. I'm 36. So yeah. I still got a little, a little more life to go. Hopefully. You might end up with like 10 storylines. Oh gosh, I hope not. They need to be good. Okay. Because the first, this first 36 years, I mean, I'm not saying they've been bad, but there have been a little bit of roller coasters through them. I'm ready for no more roller coasters or no more mountains. I just kind of want to just sway along. Okay. Um, All right. On. I, I imagine that's what you've got in store. I think uh, so. I hope so. Everything seems to be going great. So. Well, awesome. Well, Amber, I appreciate it. we're right at an hour, 10 minutes. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. I really do. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd also really appreciate if you'd rate and review us. You can find us at scodopodcast.com.